Tony B, welcoming you to another edition. It's vacation time in Hollis, Queens. Mom's cooking chicken and collard greens. Brian Hartman, getting ready. You and Matt Dixon are tag teaming, brah. You guys are tag teaming. Brian, you excited? You're going to the Field of Dreams with the Team of Destiny. One's coming back and one's going out. Yep. So and we'll and Dixon is uh, is is Matt is Matt is Brian uh, Dixie going to see an all SEC affair? Is that what's going to happen? Uh, un- unfortunately, it, it's trending that way. Yes. Unbelievable, Andy. That Wake team when they got that two nothing lead last night, Matt was scared to death of what to do with it. That LSU team just keeps hitting a baseball. They don't pitch it much, but they can really hit it. Well, they've, they've been pitching it pretty well out here. You darn straight. Yeah, I thought they said Skeens was the only guy who could pitch. Hey, I'll give Jay Johnson a lot of credit because that first couple innings last night, he wiggled through that thing like Houdini. Like like my man Rick Barnes who can make a first-round pick disappear in a college basketball season. Have you guys seen that? The great Julian Phillips is going to probably get taken in the first round tonight. Matt, are you buying that, that he's a first-round NBA draft pick? Did he look like an NBA draft pick to you this year? Uh, no, and if it wasn't for, for the show, I wouldn't even have known the NBA draft was tonight. But I'd, I'd be stunned if Julian Phillips is a first-round pick. He looked like he could be in time when they played USC. But it's not this year. Maybe maybe next year. He sure did, maybe. Brian. Maybe, 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 maybe. Maybe, 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 baby. But, uh, yep. Brandon Miller. Going to go to Charlotte tonight. This Wembyama guy is pretty good, isn't he? I'm looking forward to seeing him. Brian, I look t- forward to the yeah. all the fancy suits and hats they're going to be wearing. Oh, I love that the, stuff. Just the, the, the gaudy, gauche style of these kids now. They try to outdo each other with the godness of it all. I'll be playing music tonight with my with my with my boys and girls out at. Um, let's see, where are we going to be? Smoky Mountain Brewery, beautiful Maryville. Come out and see us. Come hang. We'll be out there from like 9 till midnight, so I'll be watching the full effect. What time does that get underway tonight, Bri? I believe the first pick is made around 8. We got to get Mo. I think TV coverage may be 7 to midnight or 7 to 11 or something. We got to grab Mo Mo Hanks. I haven't talked to Mo Mo in forever. Like Sam Giancana, Mo Mo Hanks. Here's the thing. Um,. Two of the top four projected picks in the night's draft. One is Scoot Henderson going to the Portland Trailblazers. And then Amen Thompson, Matt Dixon. Who? Amen Thompson is the projected fourth overall pick in tonight's draft from overtime elite of the G League. Not to be confused with G League and Ignite. Matt Dixon, what can you tell me about Amen Thompson besides give me a break, I sure deserve it. Amen. 
I think he was the best player in the G League, maybe. I, I, I literally know nothing about him, Tom. Jarris Walker, power forward from Houston, He's 19 from Houston. years of age. Yep. Anthony Leaky Black, Orlando Magic. Was Leaky Black being a top seven pick on your Singo card, Dixie? Because it's going to happen according to this thing I'm looking at here. Taylor Hendricks uh, well, of the Indiana. Anthony Black was the guy from Arkansas, right? That's correct. Uh, like six. The like Ben Simmons, yep, with with the with the J, yep, Lico Black. That's the that's the power of North Carolina for you. Uh, Indiana Pacers, Taylor Hendricks, power forward, Central Florida. Uh, another overtime elite player, Washington Wizards. So the G League producing three of the top eight players in this draft, if this holds. Osir Thompson, A S. A-U-S-A-R. I don't know how you'd say that, but, hey, more power to that kid. Cam Whitmore out of Villanova, going nine to the Jazz. Balai Kulabali for Metropolitan's 92. Brian, where is Metropolitan's 92? Played in something called the LMB Pro A Playoffs. I have never heard of that. Grady Dick from Kansas, who uh, Sean Sinclair, one of his uh, hey, favorite. Uh, Go ahead. I can just hear somebody right now saying, I really love the the Dick, you know. Derek Light and Lively. Or Le- what did hey, Brian, Matt- that was an NIL shirt at Kansas. What did it say? I guess they're probably on sale now. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, Derek Light and Lively from Duke. Going 12 in the draft, that's going to be a waste of draft choice. Kobe Bufkin out of Michigan. Matt, are you are you familiar with Kobe Bufkin? Who are some of these people? Jalen. Jalen. This is like this is like me going into like a midterm chemistry test. I I have no clue what we're talking about. Jalen Hood Shafino from the Indiana Pacers tonight, going uh, or from the University of Indiana, going to the Pellies. Kaysen Wallace going to the Hawks out of Kentucky at 15. Will he be a good NBA player, Kaysen Wallace, in your humble opinion? Matt Dixon. Uh, if, if healthy, I think he's a nice role player in the NBA. Yep. He, he just I don't think he was ever healthy at Kentucky. Which... A kid from Belmont, shooting guard from Belmont, projected to go 20 tonight. Ben Shepard, Bry. Ben Shepard. Shooting versatility and ability to put pressure on defenses. An extra ball handler and roll ball handler. What do you think of that? Nick Smith out of Arkansas. Shooting guard, Nick Smith out of Arkansas to the Brooklyn Nets. Then the Brooklyn Nets come back and get Leonard Miller out of G League Ignite, which would mean they have four players in the top 23 picks. Noah Clowney out of Alabama, power forward center. What do you think of Noah Clowney, Matt Dixon? Uh, I, I thought he was a pretty nice kind of stretch four. I Never thought I never watched him and thought he was a first round pick in the me, NBA. Me neither. I ain't gonna lie to you. 
the Memphis Grizz, the Grizz. Brian, what'd you think? What'd you make of the Grizz? What did you make of you guys literally overnight while you were nestled in bed, parting with your heart and soul overnight, Brian? Literally like tr- trading a major organ in the middle of the night, Brian. What are the Celtics doing? For Kristaps Porzingis, who spends half his time hurt, Brian, you clown. Even I know that's a bad deal. Uh, Smart is my favorite Celtic maybe of all times. What a great player. Yeah, he was the, he was like a Larry Bird reincarnated the way he played. And what Memphis is getting for the Grizz fans listening is they probably wanted a mentor for John Morant, someone to come in there and be the adult in the room, which they didn't have last year. Great line. With Adams hurt. And, I think uh, I think he'll be real good for Jaw. I think that's more what they were. Because I've heard some of them say, "Well, we really we gave up too much for him." But I think there's more than just what we can do in the court. I think a lot of intangibles went into that. But yeah, he's going to be missed in Boston for sure. Twenty-five is Jaime Jaquez to the Memphis Grias. The Grias. The Grias. The Gri. I like Jaime Jaquez from UCLA. Apparently, shot the ball very well during his workouts. Moving along here out of Michigan, Michigan with two first-round draft picks. Jet Howard, son of Juan Howard, shooting forward, 19 years of age. Red flags complicated his draft stock, according to this report I'm reading, including a lack of rebounding, playmaking, and defense. But you know what? Let's draft him anyway in the first round. 27 is Jordan Walsh from Arkansas. Three first-round picks, Matt, for the Razorbacks. Yeah, huh? the, the Walsh guy was kind of like a – I mean, he was like a five-star, but he was like an elite role player for them. Mm-hmm. He did He did a lot of the dirty – he's a lot better than his numbers. Uh, he would have been a really, really good college player next year. Ryan Rupert going 29. Ryan Rupert Holmes. If you like pina colada from the New Zealand Breakers, they drink a lot of pina colada in New Zealand, getting caught in the rain. I am not into yoga. I am into champagne. But uh, Ryan Rupert, 19 years of age, from the New Zealand via the New Orleans Breakers. The L.A. Clippers with Maxwell Lewis at 30 from Pepperdine. And our guy is right on the cut line. Our guy could sneak into the bottom of the first round tonight, Julian Phillips. And, Matt, the weird thing about these one-and-done guys is I don't know how Kentucky fans down through the years, Duke fans now, I don't know how they do it because I don't even know who Julian Phillips is. I don't even remember him, Matt. Do, Do you feel the same way I do? And the same with Keon and Springer. Like, I barely remember those people. They were barely here long enough to even, like, form an opinion on them. Yeah, I mean, Keon and and Springer, I guess Springer until he got hurt, were were really productive, kind of all, like, freshman all-SEC type players. But, I mean, Phillips just kind of disappeared the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he came off, I think he scored three points in Tennessee's three, or maybe five points in Tennessee's tournament games. So... But, hey, give, give him credit, and I'm, this comes off as a shot, but it's really not. But he, if 
He's the first Rick Barnes one and done that made the Sweet 16. Ben, you know, he had a rather loud moment against Duke when he had that alley oop from Santee there in the first half. And I'm telling you, Brian. The game their way. Hey, Brian. Momentum. Hey, Brian. I'm telling you, this guy's this guy's a physical freak. Who, for whatever reason, Barnes he just decided just just wasn't going to use him. I mean, I I don't know. Moving along, round two, which is what makes the additions to the Tennessee basketball team, the, the kid from northern Colorado, that much more interesting. Because if Barnes holds according to form, and you listen to people that talk about that young man, everybody that follows the sport of college basketball said, what are they doing? What is he doing, and what are they doing? Now, generally when that happens, who was the kid when we had, um, oh gosh, um, my buddy in the mid-state. Why does his name escape me? Jerry uh, Myron. And he's that one forward. He goes, that'll never work. And sure enough, that kid was gone like after a semester because he wasn't going to work at it. Oh, it's Hunley Hatfield. He said, that'll never work in Knoxville. Those two guys, that, that, those two guys won't be able to coexist, him and Barnes, because he didn't like hard coaching. Moving along. 31, Bryce Sensiball, Ohio State. You remember him, Bryce? 235, scoring efficiency, yeah. shooting versatility. By the way, this was not a planned segment, y'all. I'm just doing this off the cuff to pretty, amuse myself. Pretty, pretty active post player. Good, good job clarifying that. Well, <laughs> uh, number 32 via the Rockets. The Indiana Pacers. By the way, my Sixers don't have a first or second round pick tonight because they have the worst organization, maybe in professional sports. But Daryl Morey's the latest stiff to occupy the front office for them, and he is a complete loser and a stiff, and he's never won anything. But he loves James Harden, and he's acquired him twice, which, you know, I mean, hey, put him in the Hall of Fame for that. The loser Hall of Fame. James Harden has loser energy loser energy oozing from him whereas the uh, whereas marcus smart down there with the the Grigas now is going to be a winner a winner moving along james nj n n you got and matt pronounce this for me you're in you're from north knoxville james n n a j i out of barcelona how would you pronounce that name N N A J I, Matt. Jump. Uh, I. That's one of those that you get. You let Fran Fraschilla explain that one on air. Thirty-three San Antonio Spurs. Colby Jones at a Xavier. Combo guard, twenty-one years of age. Charlotte Hornets. Amari Bailey, point guard, nineteen years of age. Unteachable basketball IQ, and improvisation have helped Amari Bailey earn NBA fans. Brian Hartman's Boston Celtics via the Blazers. Andre Jackson, a junior. Guard forward, combo player. Tristan Vukovic from KK Partizan. And finally, Brian Hartman at 37 in this mock anyway. Now, some have Julian Phillips sneaking into the first round. But the Oklahoma City Thunder, 
via the we is. I'll tell you this. If Julian Phillips goes to that Oklahoma City team, Brian, I will adopt them. Because they have a great young team anyway, and he'll be damn fun to watch in what they do. Because he is going to be a baller. You're going to watch and see. You're going to watch this guy, and you're going to go, Mark Griffin was right. And by the way, Mark, I'm going to get back to you. Mark Griffin was right because he's going to be a baller. He's like the Ben Joyce of basketball where his best days are in the pros. Scouts around the league. You didn't see much of him in college, but you'll see more of him when he's getting paid. Oh, Barnes was guarding him. Scouts around the league believe it's really Juli- getting paid. Scouts around the league believe that Julian Phillips has early second round teams willing to offer guaranteed money. Didn't that happen last year uh, for uh, Kennedy Chandler? Am I remembering that they drafted him in the second round but gave him guaranteed money? Then they cut him. That happened, right? Yes, it happened. Former McDonald's All-American is starting to be seen as a buy-low pick after he measured nearly 6'7 in socks, won the athletic testing, and presumably shot worse than he's capable of at Tennessee. Where have I seen that script before? Somebody's shooting worse than they're capable of here. Uh, Matt, your guy who has a level of compete unlike any other, Gregory G.G. Jackson goes from, he thought he was going to be, and everybody thought when he entered college, a top ten pick. Wasn't he the number one player in the country last year, Matt? Wasn't that right, five-star player? They have him slated to go 40 here to the Nuggies. 40. Yeah, he he really struggled against, Physical defense is like Tennessee. I don't think he he didn't even score in the first game against Tennessee. Oh, I don't think he scored in either game against them, did he? Oh, oh. Here's here's how they here's how they describe him. A candidate to slip given his lengthier NBA ready timeline, which includes inefficient scoring, suspect decision making. And suspect defense. Other than that, he's a nice player. Brian, do you think Julian Phillips will make a solid NBA player? Or will he be like a a bunch of our guys? With the exception of Grant to this point, Grant's been the one guy in the Barnes era that's kind of stuck around and had an impact. Unless there's another one. What's, What's the difference between him and, say, a Keon Johnson? Who's that? Maybe the guy who played with Jaden Springer. For no, 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 no. Who are you talking about? There was between Julian Phillips. Oh, I don't know. I didn't see enough of Julian Phillips this year, and I do this every day. Didn't he literally hardly play down the stretch, guys? During the Southeastern Conference season, Matt didn't a guy we're talking about maybe slipping into the bottom of the first round. Which, by the way, there are guys in our league who we all would kind of say that about that are going to go tonight. Oh, who's that? If we're being honest here. And that is the weird relationship between the NBA and college basketball right now. And the two sports used to be, I'm kind of old school, right? Used to be you'd watch that NBA draft, you'd go, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. And he did this against them, and he did this. And now it's just a bunch of kids and foreign players. 
But you know, I didn't count on a lot of farm players in the in the first round of that draft, unlike past years. Except for the guy at the top. On, because this Wembyamba guy is gonna be unbelievable. Wembenyama. Matt'll be watching it tonight. Matt's Matt's excited. Why are you excited for it? Uh, honestly, not yes. really. Will you be watching it? I probably will choose the LSU Florida game. You got. But I'll flip back during you have, during, during timeouts. You maybe. Have got to be kidding me! Or the LSU Wake Forest game, rather. Yes. The baseball. Who are we cheering for in the LSU Wake Forest game? Because I kind of changed my Wake. mind about. Well. I sort of changed my mind about LSU after watching them last night. I want cheap tickets Saturday night. So well, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Selfishly. Yeah, because if you're heading out there and, hey, if anybody bought a book and they want to hook Brian up and you're not going to be there, you're sick of it or whatever, shoot me an email. How many you need, Brian? I just need two. All right. Anybody that's, uh, hey, we, hey, we ain't too proud to beg. Please don't leave me, baby, don't you know? I need you to help me out today. I, I've been going back and forth, and I'm trying to figure out what Tennessee baseball just did because I, I, I compared it to several coaching jobs that I just, in the rather shallow recesses of my brain, that I looked into, and a couple of you gave me a couple of suggestions yesterday, including a caller whose name I didn't write down. I apologize for that. But W. Lynn mentioned the 89 year where the Vols went 11-1 and after starting 0-6 in 88, which I was on campus for all that. And that was a crazy turnaround. That was an out-of-nowhere year. It's a very good coaching job. I do distinctly remember interviewing Pat Summit the year that she lost 10 games on the air back then and saying to her, that's got to be one of the best coaching jobs of year after they won it. They dragged 10 losses into the postseason and had little expectation on them and got hot and went and won the whole thing. And uh, this Tennessee team, I was talking with, the throat a little while ago he was compiling some postseason stats for these hitters matt have you looked at how frightful and lightful some of the hitting performances were from some of our regulars it's scary how they got there hitting the baseball as little as they did and won a game out there Hitting the ball as little as they did. Yeah, yeah, they they certainly overachieved um, by I'd say at least a round. Uh, I you know we, you know we talked about it. They were one strike away from being in the losers bracket in, in the regional at Clemson, and they weren't going to beat Clemson twice. No. So you know you you did that you you you, you escaped out of that one. Then you were down. You know you lost game one and were down four nothing in Hattiesburg and. And showed fight that your team didn't have all year. So, no, I, I think it was a, a great coaching job to overachieve. And then to actually win a game out here was just really impressive. 
Nutty. Um, you know, obviously ended disappointingly, but still a great season. John Adams' absence presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. Because, um, you know, it's June. John wants to take a little time off. I said, John, have at it, man. So his absence presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors online at seniorshelpingseniors.com. Here's what I can't. Here's what I cannot quantify. Because the baseball thing is so unique. And Matt just said it. I can't quantify cross-comparing what Tennessee baseball just did. Tony Valls has been to two College World Series in three years. And with the super team, the team that could have gone off and won it was the one that failed to get there. But you don't reflect on stuff like that right now. What you do reflect on is just how incredible the because Throat tomorrow was telling me he's compiling some of these postseason batting averages. And, Matt, I don't know if you've looked at them, but you got regulars in that lineup hitting like 110, 150, 180, 195. I mean, it's crazy that they got there and stayed there. So I'm trying to quantify cross-comparing these college sports that we watch. Make, Tony, I want you to help me out. Making a college World Series is akin to what in college football? Help me out. Is it a New Year's Six Bowl game? A. Hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Relax. relax. We're, I'm asking callers. Just, whoo. Turn it down. And then some say, and I had a friend get uh, text me yesterday and said, Tony, quit saying it's a Final Four in basketball. He said, Final Four is a lot harder to make than a College World Series. And I said, I said, explain. Explain yourself, Lucy. To which he replied, well, I, in college basketball, you lose one game, you go home. College baseball, you get a mulligan. Tennessee got a mulligan at Georgia Southern. College basketball, Rick Barnes, they'd have been packing the, after that after that uh, rain delay loss, they would have been packing the stuff up in the trunk and heading back. Tail tucked between their legs. So don't compare it to the basketball. Do not compare it to going to a Final Four, where you have to win the same number of games, essentially, but be perfect. And, you know, I stopped and thought about it, and I thought, you know, I'll bring it to the audience. How do you quantify? He said, Tony, really, if you really want to, it's about going, like going to the Elite Eight in college basketball. or That's what it is. And there are eight teams out there anyway. Because you get the mulligan in either round. And I want to hear what Matt and Brian have to say about that. And you at 865-200-5402. And then, do you think tonight that Julian Phillips is going to go in the first round of that draft, those of you that pay attention to it? And do you consider him a vol? Like, do you look at these one-and-done guys? I, I just... I mean, I realize he's a better basketball player than a guy like 
Vescovy or Wayne Chisholm or Lofton. I'm always going to think about those guys as VFLs ahead of those one-and-done guys. I don't know if that's fair or not. It's the way their sport is set up. But I hardly even remember those guys that play for a year. You get so little time with them. Which, again, the beautiful thing about this college baseball deal is a guy chooses to play college baseball, and he's in there for three years. Now, with a transfer portal, they're pinging around and jumping around, and which will make it a little more obnoxious and will make it, you know, uh, a little more transient but the NBA relationship with college basketball is just so strange so Tennessee made the College World Series twice in three years is it like on the two elite eights in basketball is that what it is does my friend who said quit calling it a final four when there are eight teams there and you get a mulligan. It's a lot harder in college basketball to get to that Final Four than it is to get to a College World Series. Is that right? I mean, I, I'm asking you. 865-200-5402. And we'll come back on the other side. And, and one thing I want to ask Matt about the baseball team, since it's uh, front and center here, is what kind of uh, expectations will they bring in the next season? One thing we learned from Florida this year is if you bring a few pieces back and you make the proper acquisitions in that free agent market, you can get right back there. Well, I guess Florida and LSU show you that. Because you play from a position of strength in this league. Obviously, well, not obviously, but it would seem like those two teams have deeper, longer traditions to pull from, which probably aids them in, I won't say rebuilding. I use the term reloading quicker. But let's kick it around. 865-200-5402. Again, 865-200-5402 as we continue with more after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or parksmotorsales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job and fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Coming to the Mule House in Columbia on June 27th at 7 p.m., an evening of hope, a great night of music to benefit the Room at the Inn of Murray County. Brandon Heath, Riley Clemens, Leanne Crawford, Apollo Limited, and special guest Al Andrews will be performing starting at 7 p.m. Get your tickets today at www.themulehouse.com. Come enjoy the evening and support this important ministry. June 27th, 7 p.m. Tickets at www.themulehouse.com. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. 
Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Smokies are open to play, too, if that weather will cooperate tonight. It has been utterly miserable here. And, Dixon, this is like the first College World Series in years that really hasn't been affected by weather, which is rather strange, man. Yeah, been perfect weather every day out here. I uh, had the, the overcast delay on, on Saturday, but that that was it. It's been I mean, a l- little bit hot, but it's been, you know, sunny skies uh, throughout. It's been really, really nice. Does hopefully, the, it rain, hopefully it pours rain for those championship games. Interesting, especially if it's Florida and LSU. By the way, I'm kind of partial to LSU right now because I just, I've decided I just like all the out-of-shape dudes on LSU's team. And the kid in center field is insane. Okay? Like, if you, if you built a college baseball player in a laboratory, that's what he would look like. He can flat out field his position, and that dude has an insane swing. He can hit it, throw it. He runs a base as well. He respects the game. I mean, Matt, that guy's your Golden Spikes winner, right, this year? Or Silver Spike, whatever they call the thing? Uh, I, I think so. I, I, I think you can make the case that Dylan Cruz is the, the best a baseball player in the history of the SEC because he's played for three years and been this productive for all three years and has gotten LSU to the College World Series. Do you guys realize the SEC's never had a Hall of Fame baseball player? Besides Frank Thomas. Right, besides Thomas. Yes, I brought that to the show last year when Todd Helton got screwed. That remains just mysterious to me with all the great players we've seen down through the years in this league. Outside Chris of Frank Burke Thomas. and Todd Walker are Hall of Famers. So, um, all right, let's talk here. Um, they great guys. What does a College World Series equal? My, my, my buddy said, Tony, you guys are embarrassing yourselves. He said, I know you love Tony Valls, and you, like, try to make these sly remarks about Barnes. I'm like, it has nothing to do with that, but, okay, whatever. That's in the public record. Uh, and I'm not afraid to, like, when people call me out, I'm not afraid to bring it to the show if I think it has merit. So his point is this, and I want you guys to respond, and I want, I want to talk to folks on the phones as well at 865-200-5402. By the way, Ryan Callahan coming up next segment, uh, 247 Sports. Tennessee's got two huge Recruiting weekend's coming up, and they've got some positive momentum to take into the deal. X has filed a full report for the third consecutive day over at tclub.team on Tennessee's latest edition, and the hits just keep on coming. Getting to a College World Series for Vitello and the Vols or any of these people equals what? Is it a Elite Eight in college hoops? Is it a Final Four in college hoops? 
And under the current football format, not 2024, but the current football format, what is it? There's only four playoff teams. Is it making a playoff? Is it making a New Year's Day 6 bowl game right now? I'm trying to relate it because here's the thing. It's so unique. It's so unique that that LSU bunch might just scratch their way to that championship series. And they really, how are they going to do that? They might just get there tonight. They might just do it. And I, in my heart of hearts, knew Tennessee was sending them home. And so did you. So, Brian Hartman, I start with you because you wanted to add something about we talked during the break. Because my friend's point was if Rick Barnes slips, slips up or anybody and loses a game, they go home. He's a, he's a college he's by the way my friend's a basketball coach. His point was you lose a game you go home. Brian, you said it's even better than that. Go ahead. Well, in in basketball in baseball, I'll start there first. Yeah. You can lose a game in the regional and you can lose a game in the super regional. You can lose one game in Omaha in the four team bracket. And then you could lose another one in the best of three championship series. You could lose up to four games in the tournament and still win the national championship. But in basketball, look at Connecticut this year. The first couple of rounds of the tournament, you might get a couple opponents you're just so much better than. You breeze through those two games. And then you only have to win maybe one game against a team that's comparable to you, maybe two at the most, to get to the Final Four. And they made it look easy. But Florida, on the other hand, this year's Florida baseball team, every game was close. One run, two runs here. They get a big hit. They just kept winning them. So you can make a strong case that it's harder in baseball, and you can make a hard, a strong case that it could be harder in basketball. Well, we certainly down through the years have made it look a lot harder in basketball than probably it really is. Well, Connecticut made it look easy this year. And I believe a lot of that, too, is history. I think a lot of these sports, these kids take that history into the postseason with them, which is another thing to appreciate about Tony, because Tony basically has come here and rewritten history right in front of us, which we know darn right well if we're paying attention is not easy to do in any of these sports matt when you think about the fact that you're you're afforded several slips well you're afforded two of them and you can still get to the college world series does that change your opinion at all in terms of the degree of difficulty and because you and i were both comparing it to a final four earlier in the week and i'm not so sure now because I think that's probably an accurate way of looking at it. It's hard to do what Tennessee baseball did, but I don't know that it's Final Four in basketball hard. How, how, how many how many Final Four teams ever have to go on the road two weekends in a row to to get to the Final Four? You know, you have you know, you, you're afforded a couple of losses, but you also have to beat more teams. You know, you have to beat. You know, sometimes two or three teams in a regional, uh, and then you have to beat a team in the super, and have you know half the time those are all on the road, and I I think that factors in. It's 
I don't think it's quite the equivalent of, of a Final Four because it's, you know, the eight to four, but it's a lot closer to a Final Four than, a, than an Elite Eight making the College World Series. Eight, well, six, five. Then again, yeah. a lot of teams have to, they get to play at home. Florida, all the teams still left didn't have to go on the road. So it's sort of a double-edged sword. It's, it's harder for some teams, and it's easier for others. Others make it look easy. Others have to, you know, Tennessee had a hard route to get to the Omaha this year. Much harder. Wow. It's interesting stuff. 865-200-5402. If you want to join us, again, 865-200-5402. Ryan Callahan's going to join us coming up. Top of hour two. And we're going to break it down scientifically. Um, there are nine schools. My, my buddy's going with me here. There are nine schools with seven or more Final Four appearances in basketball. You got that, Bri? Bri likes numbers like this. Got it, Bri? Nine schools with seven or more Final Four appearances. Okay, nine schools, yes. Okay. There are 23 schools with seven or more College World Series appearances. And he wants to know, you're going to, make, you're going to say they're equal? That's a really good point. I mean, it's a you know, it's a it's a pretty good point. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. I'm going to go back to our busy, busy phones. If you want to get in in football, Matt, what is it? It can't be a playoff berth because there's only four of those teams. Or could it be a playoff berth? I don't know. Because college baseball, when you stop and think about it, it's a unique. Maybe it's uncorrelatable. I'll just say this. Both Final Four, basketball, Omaha, World Series baseball are the pinnacle of those sports. And anytime you can make one of those things, it's something that should be celebrated years from now. Whether one's more difficult to make or not, I don't. I think that's sort of second secondary. It's an amazing accomplishment, regardless. Hey Matt, New, York, New Year's Day six bowl game. That's where I'd go with it right now. What do you think? Or is that too diminishing of that accomplishment? Uh, no, I mean it's probably equivalent. I mean. Although you're not playing for a title, where if you're in the College World Series, you're at least in, you could still win a title. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to make a, you know, there's just so many little things about each sport that, that make it, make them unique and different. Um, it obviously, it'll be equivalent to, I think it'd be equivalent to the 12 team playoff when it happens. But, you know, I, I mean, I don't. It's they're all like like Brian said. They're all they're all great accomplishments that you celebrate as a fan base, and you know, at, at the end of the day, that's kind of all that matters. And and being able to be there and have experiences of, of seeing your team play in those is, is really what it's all about. Uh, regardless of if you win or not, you know, seven seven of the eight teams here in Omaha are going to be disappointed. So, back to our phones we go. How do you quantify what you just saw? Other than say, hey, pretty special. It's a pretty freaking good coaching job. And 
I don't know, guys. I think it would be kind of uh, amusing to see LSU beat Wake Forest and continue that evasive number one seed thing that that sport has. Being that in the current format, the only time the number one seed has won the whole thing was 99, which I believe was the first year of the new format, if I'm not correct, uh, when Miami did it. Everybody else fails to get over the finish line. Last night, Wake Forest looked early in that game like they were going to steamroll LSU. Matt Old Blake Money, the mid-stater himself. I mean, that, that manager slash head coach from LSU, Dixon, did not play around with Blake Money last night. He withdrew him from the game rather quickly. I think he, I think he threw six pitches. He got him the heck out of there. Go back to our phone. Well, I, just, I just think it's funny that, that LSU's still alive in this, and their coach has, has cost his team numerous outs in, in, like, two or three of their games out here. They've, they've failed to get down bunts, like, three or four times, including twice versus Tennessee. Uh, they ran into an, a third out at home plate last night, and somehow they're still playing. That Florida coach who, who couldn't count to seven wow. and had to take his all, All-American all closer out in the eighth inning got away with it, and they're the favorites to win the thing now. I think I just think that's insane when we, you know, we're talking about the kind of coaching job Tony Vitello did. Those two guys have made two of the bigger bonehead mistakes of, of any coach out here, and they're going to be the ones that are playing for the title. And they have insane-in-your-membrane rosters is what both those guys have. It's almost like they have too much talent to fail at this stage of the game. Uh, talent overcoming coaching, I guess, is the old saying. Let's get our next – not to diminish the job those guys have done, but Matt makes a great point. And Bino put it really well. That Florida coach, Aaron Knight, was wearing that deal. He was where when he had that freshman in that game and he had no other options but his first baseman – um, who they sent down to warm up. You talk about a guy wearing a decision. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Tony B. Yo. Hey, it's Richard. Hey, buddy. Well, I tell you what, man. Uh, well, no sense in playing semantics about uh, which one is harder to get to. Uh, all you got to do is just each sport is individually different. And each sport in major college sports, which Tennessee plays in, and the best conference in all of, of the country, uh, the pinnacle is to win a national championship. So basketball, you got to get to the Final Four. You don't get there, you don't win a national championship. Football, you don't win a national championship if you don't get into the playoff. And baseball, if you don't get to Omaha, you don't win a national championship. So sitting there and trying to say one is more difficult or this or that, Look, you got to get to the pinnacle of each sport to win the national championship. And we got to the Omaha, and uh, we had a chance to win a national championship, and that's all you can ask. Now, for those that say, well, baseball, you can lose games, let's look at it from this standpoint. Why? Um, Tony, would you not agree that the depth of the amount of players that can get teams to Omaha is greater in baseball than it is basketball and football in their pinnacle? Well, we've seen it. you got to – you got, and really, you got to use and your so, whole roster. So much, yeah, is dependent on pitching and who's pitching. That you asked. That's why the, in, in no. the MLB they have best of sevens. 
Well, can you imagine, guys, that LSU is still playing with getting her Herculean efforts from guys that were considered scrubs the last couple of nights against last night? Now, Tennessee's lineup is not Wake's lineup, but it looks to me like there's a level difference from that ACC baseball to Southeastern Conference baseball. Looks to me. Oh, absolutely. Um, and and you, you talk about you know what is the what what is playing in LSU's favor? One uh, coming in from top to bottom, they were the best hitting baseball team in college oh, baseball. Oh yeah, they're, 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 people just that, that is the truth. Their weakness was their pitching. But what advantage do they have playing in that ballpark? Playing Tennessee with the wind blowing in twenty. Man, you 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 can throw out your guys out there that have struggled in college baseball parks. Well, in that park, all of a sudden, uh, it's playing to your favor with your pitching staff because you're playing in a much bigger park where the wind blows in, the the scoring numbers are down, but you still have that same offense that can get doubles, singles, generate runs. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it that park has played and helped um, LSU more than anything because it's helped uh, their pitching staff because of keeping balls in. And pitchers can go up there with confidence knowing that it's hard. Because, I mean, look at yesterday, Tony, and, and, and give the Florida center fiddle credit in that last, um, uh, you know, at bat for um, Texas Christian. Um, the play that he made in center field was great. But, Tony, that ball is out in 100% of every college baseball fit. Not even close. That game should have been tied. Instead, the guy makes an incredible catch in Florida advances. That's the difference in playing in that park versus college ballparks. Well, and that's the reason why, and I appreciate the call, I think, Matt, now you went to the Field of Dreams. You're going to be offended. Yesterday, we Cinco was offended. Uh, yesterday, and, and I'll tell you what, if he said it to Chris Burke or any of those guys, uh, Nashville Lee would have his man bun pulled off the top of his head, and Burke would have slapped my fat face. But I think it's kind of sad that college baseball can't be college baseball with the loud booms, Matt, in that ballpark. Because it's not the same game played in that park, Matt. No, it, no, it's not. And I think it's a legitimate, a, a, a legitimate issue. Uh, you have all these low-scoring games. This year there's been more home runs hit. Uh, throughout the season than any year ever and you get out here and you're lucky to get one home run a game and it does completely change the game um now you now you could argue that you know three of the of the you know three teams left are, are like top five in home runs and but still i i do think that that affects the game the, the whole thing about omaha they're never moving the thing out of Omaha, and they shouldn't. And Omaha's not the problem. I think they do an incredible job. And, like, I think, like um, Cinco said, that city just kind of swallows the thing and, and takes care of everything and does an incredible job. But I do think the park is way too big. And that was something that they could have addressed when they, they built the new stadium and they, they chose not to. Um, I, I do think that is an issue that should be talked about going forward. Can they have like retractable your, fences, Matt? Can you just for this thing? Can you just move the fences in? Like, well, they they should. You know, Creighton plays here. Like that's their home field, and I believe the double, there's a minor league team that plays here as well. So, yeah. But no, they should they should definitely 
have smaller dimensions to where it's more home run friendly like like the rest of the college season is. To the phones we go. I, I do think that's a legitimate a, a legitimate issue that should be brought up as, as well as kind of seeding the tournament, you know, 1 through 64. I think those are two issues that really should be addressed. To the phones we go. Hello and welcome into our next call. You are live on your Tony Basilio show. Hello. Hey, what's going on, Tony? This is Hoosier Vol Ryan. Hey, Hoosier Vol Ryan. Stay right there. Let me do something legally here. Illegal, legal, illegal, illegal. All right, now we're live and legal, legal and large, large and in charge. Go ahead, Hoosier Vol Ryan. Welcome in, brother. Yeah, um, so based on the statistics you guys uh, just mentioned earlier in yep. the numbers, it sounds like uh, this is more the equivalent of an Elite Eight than a Final Four, but there is the apples to oranges nature of the comparison, but it definitely sounds like it sounds like the numbers you rattled off, I would say it's closer to how many basketball programs have made Elite Eights versus Final Fours. So um, speaking of college basketball, Tom, when you guys ran through the draft order, I know we've talked about this in the past. How terrible of a product is college basketball right now? I mean, how many G League guys are – I mean, when you're picking that many dudes out of the G League, that's the NBA telling college basketball, in my opinion. You get you just don't have very good players. Or well, they're sending the them there. Type of it's even better than that. They're basically yeah. saying to the elite players, come play for us. Don't worry about the bright lights and putting on the flashy uniforms and the five-star hotels. But we're going to develop you for our league. And when they take five of the top 20 picks in subsequent classes, I think more and more guys are going to look at starting their careers there. And why wouldn't you? You don't have to fool around with the pretense of being a, being a, a college athlete, which is a joke for these one-and-done guys. One-and-done guys go to... Most of them go to one semester of school, the minimum number of classes, and play basketball. Yeah, and I mean, I I think if we move towards, it's two different games, right? Like you say, the college game is the college game, and if you tune in to expect it to be like the NBA, you're going to be disappointed. And then the NBA is the NBA, okay, but right now the college game is trying to be the NBA light to me, and it's horrible because they can't do it. The players are nowhere near skilled and talented. They're not being developed, and you get the worst of both worlds. So I, what are your thoughts on that? Is, is something going to give, or are we going to just keep seeing? I love college basketball, but it's, it is not a compelling product right now. I'm sorry. It's just I, not. I love college basketball. I enjoy our time together on here post-game show-wise. But if I told you that I sat around and watched, watched a bunch of college basketball when Tennessee's not playing, I'd be lying through my teeth, and I refuse to do that. So from that point of view, I find myself, as time goes on, watching less and less college basketball. And I'm finding myself watching more and more college baseball. And I always love college football. College football. One thing about college football, 
They can change the game, change the dynamic game, change the playoffs of the game, change the postseason, change this, change your underwear, pay the players, not pay the players. It's still a great game. Going to be a great game. Yeah. College basketball, not the same. College basketball in the last 15 years has been highly diminished. And the television numbers uh, bear that out, Ryan. They're, 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 they are a minuscule compared to what they once were for the regular season. And, you know, two of the names, and this does occasionally happen yeah. in basketball where all Americans are not going to translate to NBA players, but um, Trace Jackson Davis is nowhere to be found yep. uh, on that um, draft list, nor, I mean, he wasn't going to be. Right. And uh, Frankenstein up in Purdue, yep. he didn't He didn't come back uh, out of the kindness of his own heart. He came back because he, he ain't sniffing the NBA. There's no place for Frankie. There's no place for him. There's no place for uh, the uh, guy that looks like a seven-footer that got beat with a mallet up at Kentucky. Oscar Oscar looks like Matt looks like a seven-footer. You know, he looks like he's kind of funny looking. If you look at him in his own way, Matt, he's another version of Tommy Tanks. You look at Tommy Tanks and you want to go, dude. Where are you? Where's the rest of you? Little sawed-off looking. Tommy Tanks is a little sawed-off looking. Looks like a member of Leonard Skinner's uh, um, softball team, Matt. Yeah, which is a great line because they originally met on a, on a baseball field playing playing baseball. So no, I. I'll, I'll say this about Tanks. I, you know, he looks like a looks like he could be a serial killer and and is totally out of shape. But that guy, if if he ever laid off the high fastballs, that guy would be an incredible big leaguer because he's one of the few guys out here that I saw that that chokes up and changes his approach with two strikes and yeah. just tries to put the ball in play. And that's kind of like a lost art now. And that guy of all people is one of the ones who does it. Boom. Ryan, you're well, a man. Yep, see you, Tom. Much love to you. Thank you. Speaking of Ryan, we're going to go from who's your father, Ryan, to who's your daddy, Ryan. Ryan Callahan on the other side who breaks it down scientifically with us. We'll talk some Tennessee football recruiting. And I've got a special surprise visitor to the Raymere studio. You can't plan these things john adams is on assignment i think he's like currently hunting butterflies or something and we're going to take a brief time out continue after this this is terry wilcox aka the chicken man aka t willie and you're listening to 101.7 fm wkom columbia tennessee at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. 
Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. June is Dairy Month, and the Murray County Farm Bureau salutes our dairy farmers and the dairy industry for the many contributions to our economy and our health. Milk is the original nutritional powerhouse drink with 8 grams of protein and 13 essential nutrients to keep you energized all summer long. Plus, who doesn't like ice cream? Our hardworking dairy farmers are dedicated to dairy and proud to help produce nature's perfect food. When you sit down to your next meal, pour one more glass of milk and celebrate June Dairy Month. Like a bunch of southern disgusting human beings. You need to get off the 
Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. Hey, Del, you made a comment and called me a jackass yesterday. Well, it, it, there was a uh, that was a friendly comment. Uh, that, okay, uh, but but that go ahead and, and seal my faith as being a Democrat. You know, we got a jackass as a symbol, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm a true Democrat, buddy. So okay. it wasn't a put down from my perspective. It was a peg up. So that's, thanks a lot. That's the way to go. <laughs> Just own it. Yes, sir. Three dudes with a view. Triggering liberals between Dollywood and Graceland Monday through Thursday from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Great Ryan Callahan's going to join us here, who, I mean, I just love the guy on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Online at tldlogistics.com, Tennessee has a couple of, I don't think this is an overstatement, a couple of critical weekends coming up here. Tennessee's had a rather loud week thus far. They're hoping it gets louder. I've got a mystery guest in studio that's going to help me unpack this, but a rather busy weekend this weekend. Ryan Callahan, who's the recruiting editor, GoVols247.com covers the Vols and does it with a plum. And uh, welcome in, Ryan Callahan. How you been, brother? Hey, doing well. How are you, Tony? Hey, man. Always a pleasure to catch up with you and always, always, always appreciate your work. How critical next couple weeks, Ryan? They're, they're big. Uh, you know, it's June and July, you know, especially late July, late June into July, that that's kind of become what we used to know January as. You know, this is this is basically the stretch run in a lot of ways. You know, your your class is never a hundred percent done in the summer. There are always going to be some changes, some final pieces you might add in the next uh, the next five months or so. But it's it's for the most part, you're going to go into the season in most years with eighty percent or so of your class. Uh, being done and so so a lot of big names will come off the board over the next six weeks or so and that's that's across the country we've already seen uh, a number of kids commit this month and that that will continue the next the next 10 days or so and 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 it will it will only speed up in july with so many players looking to to make decisions going into their senior season so it's it's a big stretch it really is and, and things have already kind of picked up obviously with tennessee getting three commitments since saturday and I would say they're, they're still going to get several more by the end of the summer, just just the way classes are built now. So, you know, which players they get uh, and, and which needs they, they really address by the end of the summer will uh, will kind of dictate how, how much more they have to do this season, and they're hoping they can, uh, they can not have too much to do going into the season. You know, you get into the macro of this, or micro of this. I try to stay macro with it. There's just too many moving parts. You do an excellent job. Let me ask you this. Are there candidates, because one thing I've noticed last couple classes, it seems like they're, they will take guys, and then there's like a list. And the list is these guys are keepers no matter what. These guys are guys we take now, and then, you know, you get down to it, and we might pair a couple guys off before we get there. It's a long time. Before we get to December, I don't want you to name names, but are there candidates like that in this early list of commitments, or do you think these guys are all keeps? I, I mean, I, I don't think you ever really go into the season thinking 
you know, hey, I mean, some, maybe sometimes you do to, if you have to kind of stretch your board a little bit or you yeah. take somebody early that you're not completely sold on. But, you know, I, I don't think most years you go into the season thinking, ah, we might not keep him. Some, you know, again, that happens sometimes, but most years ideally not. And I, you know, so sometimes it's a surprise when, you know, when you see a guy on film his senior season and you kind of start to think, man, he didn't get better or, uh, that's that's not even as good looking as last year or what, whatever it might be, and that's that's where you sometimes see schools move on uh, when when a, when a player just hasn't developed the way you want the the way you might want him to or whatever. But I, I don't see that really in, in this class for Tennessee right now, and and that's that's the impressive thing about how they have built this class. You know, sometimes early commitments do include some guys that they they maybe reached on or or a guy wants yeah. to commit two years out, and you say why not. They've mostly gotten guys that they really like, uh, and that they've been heavily recruiting for for a while now. So they've they've built this thing pretty well from the ground up. They they got early commitments from guys like Caleb Beasley that are kind of foundational pieces of this class. Jonathan Eccles last summer. So they you know they didn't start with low three stars and go from there. They kind of jumped right in with with high four stars, and, and have just kind of kept going with uh, with them. And even the three stars they've gotten were, were guys that were pretty high on their board. So I think this is a a pretty healthy class so far. Not 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 a lot of fat to it at all, and, and that's a, that's a good thing. You know that, that they can kind of count on what they've what they've built so far, and know that they've got a, a pretty sturdy core. Ryan, it's a who's who coming in this weekend. Uh, commitments and some household names alike. Who do you focus on here? Who who are you looking at? Well, you, you have to start with the five stars, and 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 obviously the the most realistic of that group. Is, is kind of where you start with most of the time, and that that would be Mike Matthews. So, so the five-star wide receiver out of Georgia definitely looks like one of Tennessee's best bets, if not if not the best bet among those five stars uh, visiting this weekend. Uh, and I, you know, I would say right now certainly the best bet among those. You know, the others are, are, are five-star edge rusher Elijah Rushing uh, and another five-star edge rusher Jordan Ross out of Alabama. So, so that you know, they, those guys are, are realistic to, to varying degrees for sure. But Mike Matthews has you know been high on Tennessee for a while now. That's a really important visit. A guy who looks like he's going to make a summer decision, although he's left his timeline a little bit open publicly. I, I think some people think that that will that will likely be done by July or August. So, uh, so th- that's a really important visit. And that, and the other reason, if, if you're not aware of the recruiting calendar, for anyone who doesn't follow this stuff year round like we do, the reason this week is important is because there's a dead period for recruiting that starts Monday. So this is the final weekend to host anybody on a visit until July 24th or July 25th. And then that final week of July, you can't host official visitors either, just unofficial visits. So essentially this is the last chance to host official visitors until September. And so for those guys making decisions in July and August, you've got to wrap things up this week pretty much. So Mike Matthews, definitely an important one. Tylen Singleton, four-star linebacker from Louisiana. That's an important visit. Tennessee battling LSU and TCU there. Uh, and, and then a, a really, I think, important visit, Amari Jefferson, the four-star wide receiver out of Chattanooga. Alabama really impressed him a couple weeks ago. I think, I think the door is still open for Tennessee to, to maybe swing that one back in their direction this weekend. But they, they've got to kind of knock that one out of the park, I think, to, to be in, in good shape coming out of this weekend. So that's, that's a big-time battle in one end state that they – certainly want to keep so there, there's several important guys obviously on that list but I, I kind of start with those three because they're they're important pieces that Tennessee would love to add that um that they're that they're still on the fence uh you know guys that they they really could could play an important role in kind of shaping the rest of this class 
Ryan Callahan joins on the TLD Logistics Hotline. They're online at tldlogistics.com. You find Ryan over at govals247.com. Dr. Sean Sinclair, jump in here with us. Special uh, surprise guest who is stopping by on his way back into town. Sean, welcome in, and you're on with Ryan. Go ahead, man. Hey, Tony, thanks a lot for including me today. Ryan, uh, and just looking at the list of official visitors, not just guys that came in for a barbecue or something like that, you're you're talking five stars at elite places. You're talking, you know, defensive linemen, wide receivers, uh places of significance or positions of significance i know tennessee's had some recent success in the past couple years and there's a little bit of there's a little bit of momentum and excitement uh nil is the spire group is doing well but what has caused uh in your opinion this rapid change in getting because we've had we've had five-star attention but now they're coming in what is what has been the major change that you've seen over at UT that's caused these kids to lock into official visits? Not only that, but lock them into uh, into June. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a, it definitely is different. You're right. There, uh, we we could kind of see this from from the fall. You know, Tennessee was getting some really good players on campus last season for for some of those marquee home games, especially the the Alabama game and the Florida game had just loaded visitor lists. The, even the Kentucky game was pretty good. Um, so you you could kind of see this, and, and you know if you remember, people were kind of wondering at the time, you know, Tennessee's winning on the field. Where where is, is the recruiting momentum sort of coming from this? And and we kind of said at the time, a lot of that you were going to see in the 2024 class. I think that's what you're seeing now. That's where Tennessee is having a shot at some five stars and players like that. Um, Mike Matthews, for instance, first visit to Tennessee was the Alabama game in October. Mm. So um, so these guys that, that were at those games and saw Tennessee kind of rising last season are, are, are taking more of a look at them because they enjoyed those visits they were impressed by what they saw last season that that kind of laid the groundwork so it's not you know it's not the same for everybody but i think generally that's the big thing that's different the other thing is and, and you're kind of seeing those this with florida a little bit too with with billy napier people kind of wondered why is florida recruiting pretty well right now and, and there are probably a few reasons for that but one of them is year two for a coaching staff you just have better relationships you've You've laid more of a groundwork. You have a better feel for what you're doing. Year three, that's even more true. So this is a class that Tennessee staff has been recruiting for two years, and and they they weren't behind with this class at all because of that weird COVID dead period that the you know, this the staff came in during that that dead period didn't meet anybody for five months. That that's all in the rearview mirror now. This this staff met Boo Carter for the first time more than two years ago now. So they've had, they've got great relationships with this class. So it's a, it's a couple things. I think last season played a big part in it, and it's just this staff has has got much deeper roots with this class and has been recruiting it for a long time. You mentioned Boo Carter, and I would be remiss if I didn't think that you'll never shut down the borders of Tennessee, but pretty much UT is and Amari Jefferson. We'll see and O'Connell, but pretty much Josh Heupel is getting who he wants in uh, in the state mm. instead of having them go to. Oklahoma, Ohio State, mm. Alabama, etc. Um, I know they made a big investment in, in people capital with the recruiting analysts, with the High Brothers and all those guys that came in. That seems to be paying big dividends right now. 
Well, in-state recruiting has been has been a priority for for Josh Heupel, and and he he and he personally invests a lot of time and energy into it. You know, whenever he goes out on the road during the fall evaluation period, or, or the contact period leading up to early signing day, almost always his first stops are, are in-state somewhere. I, I can remember maybe one or two times he he went somewhere other than somewhere in-state. You know, when he went out on the road uh, back in the fall uh, or, or winter, I guess it was his. His first stop was Baylor and, and some of those other places in Chattanooga because he knew how important Amari Jefferson and, and Cameron Sparks, the 2025 prospect, and some of those players are going to be, you know, Boo Carter and some of those guys. So that, that that's what they, they do, and it's, it's not been just lip service for the staff. So I think that's that's part of it. And, and the other part is, you know, kind of, kind of the unspoken part. I think NIL is, is an advantage for Tennessee with, with in-state players especially. They see that they have more opportunities for things like that staying in the state of Tennessee as opposed to maybe going to another state and being just another player, you can kind of be a big deal in the state of Tennessee if you're, mm. if you're playing at Tennessee. And so I think, I think NIL has definitely helped with in-state recruiting in that way and, and players kind of having more of a platform to, to, to market themselves in the state, and, and especially if they plan to live there after their football days. I think that kind of stuff resonates with a lot of in-state players. But, yeah, they've, they've done a great job and, and like you said, have pretty much gotten most of who they wanted uh, in, in the state the past two classes. And we'll see if they can close that with, uh, with Amari Jefferson in particular. But, you know, Edwin Spillman, Rowan O'Connell, those are, those are three big pieces Tennessee would really like to add and still is battling for. But, but Jefferson looks like the biggest wild card among those three. But if they could, if they can somehow close on that trio, they, they've just about, you know, you're not bad at a thousand. There have been a couple misses, but just about gotten everybody they've wanted in state the past couple classes. And then the funniest thing, guys, about these classes, you talk about these in-state kids, people, I'm just talking about all fan bases, they always focus on the ones that get away, Sean and Ryan. People, your fan base always is going to look at the misses. Instead of going, hey, you know what, 85%, you're getting basically who you want. They always want to focus. This staff, the outward migration, Ryan, I think one thing that's not spoken enough about and I think our fans will be interested in hearing this, is I think cult, the culture that's been created by this head football coach who doesn't behave like most head football coaches at the collegiate level, he's got a professional atmosphere over there where it's a relaxed environment. For, not saying they don't work hard. It's a relaxed environment for his coaches. It's a relaxed environment for his support staff. It's a relaxed environment for kids to come in and progress and get better as players and as people. And, and I think that's a part of this, Ryan. I, I think this guy is a perfect guy to lead your program when you have a robust NIL. He's almost like a pro coach is how I look at Josh Heupel, the way he treats people. Yeah, I, I think that's one of Tennessee's biggest pluses they have working for themselves. Uh, it, it's not, you know, not, not every kid who visits Tennessee is going to automatically just gravitate toward the program you know there's some kids that want an alabama type environment where it's cutthroat competitive every day you feel like you're you know competing with the best of the best there's some guys who crave that and don't don't care about the other stuff but for the kids who are drawn to that type of thing the family atmosphere that, that you kind of hear all about all the time at, at tennessee i think is really one of their biggest selling points i think they've brought in a staff that connects well with players they've um you, it, it really is just kind of that that type of environment most players feel really comfortable in and that's why that's another reason i think you've not seen a ton of attrition right. via the tra- via the transfer portal when they've gotten guys here you know they've got they, frankly they've got some 
some seniors on this team that I thought might might transfer out for, for better opportunities to play this year, and, and they've stayed around. And I think one of the reasons for that is they just like being here. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think that's one of the things that, that Tennessee benefits from a lot in recruiting, and it, it can make the difference in a lot of cases. You know, when, when, when your opportunities are similar, you're going to go to the place to, the, 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 where you feel most comfortable, where you think you're going to have the most fun. And in a lot of cases, I think that's where Tennessee really, really can win some of those battles head to head with some some other other programs. But yeah, that's I, I, absolutely. I think that's the first thing most kids mention when they visit Tennessee these days, and, and I think that's going to continue to be the case with Josh Heupel. And win games and compete for playoff spots, which is where mm-hmm. they are. That's why they're, you know, recruiting with the elite. And it's just like it just flipped overnight. And it was so important last year to gain credibility on the field. Get get back in here, Doctor Sinclair, with. Ryan Callahan of uh, 247 Sports, who is the recruiting editor there and does a wonderful job. Go ahead, uh, Cinco. Hey, Ryan, I don't know if you saw this, but during the baseball tournament a couple days ago, they had the new NCAA president on. And I was I was looking forward to just hearing a, the, the basic egghead interview uh, from one of those bureaucrats. But he actually gave a remarkable talk, uh, a question about NIL. And he was talking about how coaches now are recruiting against mythology. There's nothing a kid can say, hey, uh, XYZ universities offer me 500. And there's absolutely nothing uh, to, to prove that, to disprove it. Uh, so you're, you're negotiating with yourself. How, he, he says it's never going away, but you'd like some transparency so that everybody is on the same page. We're conducting an interview right now with you. It's been the same interview for the past 20 years, basically, with a recruiting analyst. But how how privy are you to the NIL monies going that? Because it's it, we would we would be naive to think that recruiting is the same as it was even five years ago. Uh, how does that work when you're talking to kids? Is that just a elephant in the room? You don't broach that subject is it something that you can ask a kid about or is it just a is it just an add-on part of the recruiting visit yeah i think it's it's still it's still just sort of an unspoken thing and, and kind of like you said kind of the elephant in the room sometimes uh when, when you're talking with a player it's it uh they they're i say all the time these high school players i'm amazed at just how polished they are especially the heavily recruited ones by the time they get to their end of their junior year or into their senior year of high school they're they are veterans at, at dealing with media, and and they if there's something they don't want to say, they're they're not going to. So uh, I even had a player not too long ago misunderstand my question. We were on the phone, and I don't think he heard me well, and he thought I asked about NIL, and I didn't. But you could, I mean, I, I don't think he would have said anything even if I had asked him that. Um, but yeah, that's I, I think sometimes that's uh, that's just something that players are going to be very uncomfortable if you ask him that that kind of thing. And and in most cases that. Uh, they've been specifically told, you know, probably not to discuss that with anybody. You know, these these deals that they are signing once they get on the college campuses, they uh, many of them have uh, have non disclosure terminology in there that you know they're they're not allowed to say anything about it. So uh, they they that that's something that's kind of off limits, and yeah, it's just something that you you hear about, and and like you said, some of it you. You, you hear, but you never can prove just because it's 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 all kind of one person's word, and they could be overselling what they actually are hearing from a school. And that that is one of the challenges in recruiting these days is not knowing what what a player 
actually has yeah. uh, available to him. You're just you're, you're kind of guessing or taking someone at their word, uh, and, and that's obviously pretty tough to deal with when you're. And that's one of the reasons I think there's so many moving parts in recruiting, and, mm-hmm. and it's such a complicated picture to read these days because there is so much of that, and it's all kind of vague. Well, and it's vague. It's vague, and you know the commissioner had a really interesting point, which is if we got this stuff, like if you had offer sheets or something like that, where I could see what you offered, and we weren't playing a game. Um, I'll tell you this: I've heard this internally in Tennessee. They've gotten frustrated because kids have come to them and said, "Well, X Y Z school offered me this," and they know it's not real. But you can't look at a kid you're recruiting and say, I know you're lying to me because I'm going to lose you if I do that. Another thing that's happened is, Ryan, and you can confirm nor deny this if you hear the same thing, but the other thing is, and this is kind of an interesting side to this you wouldn't really think about, but that program over there has offered you this, but when it comes time to getting it, it's not the same offer that it was six months ago. But the car's down the track. You've already told this other these other three schools no, and nothing's binding. We're just we're just talking to each other. Uh, that's going on too. That's I think that's what happened with that Rashada kid. They defaulted on a payment with him, and he said, "See, you wouldn't want to be you." But but I think that goes on as well. So it's uh, and the other thing is just one more add on to it. I caution fans when you hear the amount of money that's supposedly flying around. I think a lot of times that's really far from reality, Ryan. That's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, someone asked a question about that on, on our message board the other day and, and was wondering kind of the, you know, how many of these types of players are, are, are getting that kind of money. And I, I, I kind of said it this way. The average player signing with a Power 5 program who's in a, in a class outside the top ten and let's just say it's someone from the bottom half of a class like that. Mm-hmm. That average player isn't making a ton of money. They're, they're you know, you're maybe talking uh, some some spending money in college, that kind of thing. But it's not it's not usually a, a significant amount of money for for a typical NIL deal for a player of that of that caliber. So you're mostly talking about the the top ten percent of all FBS players, basically, that are getting significant money. Maybe top twenty percent. And it's and, and even beyond that, you know, within that group, very very few are getting significant significant money. And the significant money you hear about is usually not in the millions. You know, people have kind of heard of the, the multi million dollar deals. Right. Those are those are very few and far between. Most significant deals are, are closer to six figures, I would say. So it is it is a very different landscape than what people probably think. Uh, it's not, you know, that there's money out there, but it's not crazy money in most cases. And and the players who do have those opportunities are the are the ones you would think uh, are, are making a lot of money because there there just aren't many of those types of players out there. All right, Ryan. If it's an A plus weekend for the Vols from this weekend, who do they net out of this weekend? And if it's a B, uh, who do they get? Uh, if, if I'd say a B weekend, uh, and, and this won't all happen right away. Of course, this will all take several weeks to, to play mm-hmm. out. But I think mm-hmm. a, a solid weekend for Tennessee would still be. Uh, you know, getting Ronan O'Connell, the in-state lineman who's taking his official visit this weekend, uh, getting Braylon Russell, the four-star running back from Arkansas, who looks like a real possibility, and uh, and I'll say, uh, I'll say in addition to that, getting uh, Amari Jefferson. I, uh, I I think I think finding a way to get that one done is is critical for Tennessee, and and he's not not a five-star, but he's 
he's very important to Tennessee and, and I think a really good player. You're, you're battling Georgia and Alabama for him for a reason. Um, so those, those, to, those to me coming out of this weekend, that, that would make it at least a, a B weekend. To, to get into A territory, you're probably talking about Mike Matthews. <laughs> That's the, or, or a surprise somewhere. You know, we don't know what to expect with Jordan Ross right now. We don't know whether they can maybe pull a, pull a complete wild card like Elijah Rushing or Bennett Warren, the four-star tackle from Texas. You know, they, they've got some interesting players coming in like that that are kind of wild cards because they, you know, in Warren's case, he's never been to Tennessee. Rushing has been in Tennessee once and it was about a year ago. So, You've got some interesting possibilities out there, but but the main thing is closing on the realistic ones, and that's usually the case in recruiting. So we'll see if they can turn any surprises, come out of the weekend feeling good about somebody that maybe we didn't think they would going into this weekend. But the main thing is, I think, getting some of those guys that you're already in pretty good shape with and coming out of this weekend thinking, okay, we're probably going to get that guy in three or four weeks. Brian Callahan, tell the living listener how they can interact with you and read your stuff. And uh, always appreciate you jumping on with us, my man. Yeah, same here. I appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah, you can follow us at, at GoVols247.com, of course, and, and sign up right now for 50% off your first year. If you're already a monthly subscriber, you can use that offer to upgrade to annual as well. Uh, key recruiting weekend coming up, so awesome opportunity to, to join the site with that deal. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well, at, at RyanCallahan247, to Keep track of all the, the breaking news as we inevitably will have more here in the in the coming weeks as we go into this crazy time of year for recruiting. Ryan Callahan, much love to you, and really appreciate you taking some time for us. Thank you, my man. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. And he appears on the TLD Logistics Hotline online at tldlogistics.com. One of the points that X made um, in the blog the last couple of days, Sean, is something we were talking about, which can't be underscored enough. When you look at the list of the schools, like the Ross kid, and you look at the list of the schools that are involved with these guys that are on this campus this weekend, this is a different world. It's almost like we've been wanting to use the term Tennessee football's back for a long time. It officially looks like when you talk about Nico's class when they take the field, um, uh, and particularly next season, not this season. I'm talking about the 2024 college football season. That feels like powerhouse football heading back here. It's what it's the signs are pointing there. I think it's even more than what you're describing because, um, first of all, how many years? With with all due respect to the colleges, I'm going to call out. Yeah. How many years have we been in the final three against Virginia Tech, right. Purdue? You said that. Louisville? Yeah. Uh, someone like that. Again, all quality universities. And so now we're having official visits with people, and, and kids are coming in. Uh, it's a different time. They can make a number of visits, and, you know, I'm sure they get paid to come in for unofficial, whatever. But now you're getting, I mean, they, they're, they're getting at least four or five-star defensive lineman visits with in Winery, uh, Jordan Ross, mm-hmm. uh, all these guys. Uh, and the the thing is that when you're, when you're going against Georgia, when you're going against Alabama, mm-hmm. great. They're going to get theirs. But they can't take ten defensive linemen. They can't take ten cornerbacks. So guess what? What if you – what if – 
if you don't get number one cornerback, but number four doesn't have a space at Georgia, well, you surely like to. I will that. take number four. You you surely like to get sloppy seconds. You got it. Now now I get where ego braggadocio comes in with the recruit Knicks out there because I was very much the same. Yeah. Well, I you know we're not going to be no. You don't know what happens when the kid gets on campus. You don't know how they flame out. Yep. I mean, a guy, uh, Austin Price, brought up something this past week, you know, and you said it earlier. The saying is, be concerned about the people you get, not the people you don't well, get. Well, it's ridiculous. And he talked about Maurice Hampton. It's always been that Western way. Part, who yeah. has done nothing over there yeah. at LSU and now going to come back. Or it's always been no that way. no offense to that kid. No, it's always know. been that. We're always going to focus on. Yeah. And here's the other thing that is kind of interesting hey matt dixon i don't know that i've ever been as wrong about a guy as i have been about this hypo guy because if you would have told me when he was hired that there'd be such a thing as the nil which none of us knew by the way they didn't even know it uh they're they're so slow to react and the courts were basically signaling to them that you're getting ready to get hammered here all the way up to the supreme court when they issued that ruling Matt, if you had told me that we would have had a cache of, of money to, to spend and that we would be spending it on a preponderance of very good defensive players, I would have told you guys you're nuts. Because I would have said that Josh Heupel was going to collect wide receivers and running backs, to quote Sean Sinclair, the way Butch Jones used to. Cinco used to get on the air here and people hated it, and he would say, you know, it's great that our class is ranked in the top five. Unfortunately, only one running back can play at a time and two wide receivers. So why we have nine of these guys in one class is beyond where are the defensive linemen and where are the offensive linemen. And that is, Matt, I don't know if I've ever been more wrong about a head coach in my life than this Heupel guy, who I thought was a mid-major band-aid when they hired him. Go ahead. I, I do think there's some there was some Butch Jones residue left over, and that's the comparison you made. Um, but you know, Heupel's a smart guy, a lot smarter than than Lyle. Uh, understands that the you got to play some kind of complementary football. Now, I still think we're trying to get there, but we're at least putting a lot of effort into that. Um, you know, we we spent the money on the five star quarterback, and that's obviously the key piece in this offense. And, and in hypo system, so now they're trying to fill out their class. They need a lot of depth defensively more than anything. They don't necessarily need it offensively. We've seen with the the receivers, they basically use three or four all year. But they need they really need a, a full two deep of quality players defensively because of the amount of snaps they're on the field. And at, at, at least this staff recognizes that and is trying to address that through recruiting. Now that you're getting them, you just have to develop them and. And help you, you found you evaluated some guys pretty well. I agree, Matt. And another thing I wanted to add about the the difference in recruiting: if you take a look at this system, you have to have a Georgia type level of talent to slow this offense down, and then you have to be at Georgia, and then you have to be. I mean, that's that's the only thing that can slow this offense down with. No highly recruited players on that offense. There weren't. Running backs, three stars. Wide receivers were throw-in guys. 
offensive lineman. Obviously, Darnell was a five-star, and yet some other guys. That's no discredit to any of those players. Where we've been, where we've been missing, getting to that next level. And I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the next level is consistently beating Florida and then taking your chance on Alabama and Georgia. Consistently, I mean, not afterthoughts. Southern. I mean, obviously we lost, but South Carolina. All those afterthoughts. You just you. That's an automatic win. But what they're doing now is they are collecting long-rangey DBs that can actually play cornerbacks. They're collecting pass rushers. They're getting depth at line. But I don't think any, Arian Carter won, but the other guys are just very, very solid tackling machines and can cover, which you need right now. Then they are getting, um, uh, uh, and they're starting to add defensive linemen and in Rodney Garner, aside from Derek Brown, a couple of other guys he's had through the years, typically Rodney Garner has a cachet of very similar defensive linemen that he just rolls two and three deep in to wear you out. Uh, they get Merklinger, who's a very, very, very good quarterback, in, and and knowing Nico's an $8 million guy right in front of you. I think they're doing an incredible job. Uh, because they're getting not only higher-profile athletes, but the metrics of all these kids are pro-level. Six-foot-plus DBs, six-two-plus linebackers, six-five-plus edge rushers. Uh, look at the wide receivers now. I, I Squirrel White's dynamic is all get-out, but all the receivers are six-two, six-three. Quarterbacks, six-three-plus. I, I just, I'm so impressed with what they're doing over there and also the fact that Hypel lets people, and I think this is what Tony's alluding to, Hypel is letting the pros do what they do and not get in the way. That's exactly right. We used to have, we've had head coaches that let egos get in the way of recruiting because their buddy was a high school coach, because they just felt sorry for this, whatever. No, now now he is letting the experts do their thing, and he's just being Josh Heupel. And that's hard. That's hard when you're in that kind of ego-driven business. 865-200-5402. That guy respects people. And uh, in an industry that's pretty short on that, to be, to be quite honest with you, we'll come back upon the continuance i'm trying to figure out who i'm cheering for tonight in that lsu wake forest deal and then if you have a thought on the ryan callahan conversation we just had um you know i think that the recruiting game has lost some of its um romance it's nfl light now it's salary cap and how much room you have and who's out of room and this that and the other and but at the same time I'm going to say it again. College football remains a great sport. Remains a great sport as we continue after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. 
This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association, funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony B. back with you. 865-200-5402. So... Matt, here we are. We're, we're kind of picking up the pieces after losing in the College World Series, yet I'm still going to watch the event because it's very good. It's still very fun. Sean, you going to watch it? You been watching it? Or are you done now if the Vols are done? It's, right. a, it's a personal decision for everybody here. No judgment. Well, I'm going to come out and watch you guys tonight. Um, but they'll have it on. Out, out, yeah, out so I'll watch. You know what? It's, it's, it's funny you said that. Yeah. Because I wanted to hate LSU. My my sneaky little second favorite team in the SEC forever has been LSU, right? Just because the people are so awesome. Yeah, um, they do their own thing. Yeah, and, and I've just always liked them for some reason. Even if they were beating us, I liked them. And it is annoying they're poaching around on our roster, as we well, know. It, it is, but we're going to poach around on everybody yeah, else's. But so. you know the the Tommy Tanks. You know he's Drew Gilbert. Yeah, with a with a with a beard and and a punch and a mullet. Yeah, but 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 that's who he is. He's yep. for his for his Mr. T starter kit. That's that's the bat flip <laughs> for the um, you know for all the you got Cruz, you got uh, Skeens. That's it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, it, I'm rooting for them to be quite honest with you because I I cannot root for Florida. It, it just goes against my DNA. I I don't like them. I never will. End of story. So I can go with them. I think that's. Very well put. And no, it's going to wake for us, but that. Uh, it's a different game. They, they didn't earn it. I mean, they. That ACC game, Matt, and that on. SEC game are two completely different things. If Skeens, go, if Skeens is going tonight, they can forget it. Woohoohoo! You think, you think, Matt, you think LSU throws Skeens at them, or you think they roll the dice against uh, Wake's ace? How do you no, think they play I, it? No, I think. I think I think they're going schemes. I think both teams' aces are going to throw on, on a couple of days' short rest. Wow. Um, which I think gives a decided edge to LSU. The way Wake Forest just kind of clammed up in the moment at the plate, I mean, they were they were scared uh, to death to win that game yesterday. They Their guys were just hoping back when they were at the plate. That was to see from in the country hey Brian. last night they had them on the ropes at two nothing they had a chance to to get a couple more runs in 
LSU's coach went out there and got Blake money and said, we're not doing this. We're not going to go down 4 nothing." It was an incredibly bold decision after six pitches. And Blake Money, by the way, did not create all that traffic. He pitched to one batter and one more. And that um, coach at LSU said, I'm going to go out there. This is not about feelings. We're going to try to get through the first three or four innings and maybe get to somebody who kind of gets hot and shows that they want to stay in the game. Uh, I think that was the move of the night, Bri. I think that was the move of the night. And LSU has a real chance because it looks to me like the ACC and the SEC are playing a different sport. Well, Wake's been, they kind of, uh, you're looking at two teams that, they're the only two teams that have been ranked number one all year. Yeah. LSU started out number number one. Wow. That's and then Wake Forest took over, I guess, in May, and they've been number one since. And wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't it have been, wouldn't it have been nice for the tournament last year to be chalky like this when Tennessee was the overall well, obviously, one? Obviously. Wouldn't that have been nice? But there's something about what Matt said. There's something about the pressure of that number one seed because Wake literally melted last night, Matt, in the middle innings. They melted. LSU hit that home run and, and it, Wake it was their melted. Key players too. They had their key players up in the key spots. And a lot of times they just struck out looking. I mean, just, yeah, they wouldn't they swing had, the bat. They non-competitive at bat by their Weird. best players. Against it was really, really alarming pitchers. Hey, Matt, hoopty pitchers that were leaving the ball in the zone. That's the thing that got me about last night's game. That's when I said, you know, I kind of appreciate this LSU bunch. You're showing some testicular fortitude here. They're getting through this with their hoopty pitchers. They kind of deserve to have tonight. On the main stage here. It's a great sporting event. So we'll be looking at that. All right, let's go around the room. Does Phillips go in the bottom of the first round? Brian? What do you uh, say? I'll say no. Matt? I'll just say no. I can't, I can't see it. Matt, what do you say? Uh, no, way. no way. No way. I say he's uh, 30. I say he's picked 30. My prediction. Till we meet again, I'm going to be out at Smoky Mountain Brewery tonight playing music. It's going to be incredible out in beautiful Maryville, God's Country, U.S. of A. Uh, I want to thank Matt Dixon. I wish him well. Coming back from Omaha. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. It's time to put a Dodge in your garage. And at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us for all the muscle you need. We have a huge inventory to choose from, from the spine-tingling 2021 Dodge Charger SRT to the 2021 Dodge Challenger Superstock. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Yep, at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, we're flexing our Motor City muscle. You can count on us online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. 
Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Want to experience Spring Hill in one day under one roof? Now is your chance. Spring Hill's most popular annual community event, Experience Spring Hill the Event, presented by Liberty Federal Credit Union, is back and jam-packed with fun at Summit High School on Saturday, June 24th from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. You can learn more about this exciting event at experiencespringhill.com. We hope to see you there. 
Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit TaylorFamilyFarmTN.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people, and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio. And I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this Southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Coming to the Mule House in Columbia on June 27th at 7 p.m., an evening of hope, a great night of music to benefit the room at the end of Murray County. Thank you, sponsors, Lister Hill Credit Union, Keystone Alternative Health, McDonald's of Murray County, Heritage Bank and Trust, and the Tennessee Christian Chamber of Commerce. Get your tickets now at themulehouse.com. Come support this important ministry, June 27th, 7 p.m. at themulehouse.com. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.